Hello and welcome listeners to our first full-length episode or episode two of the yet-to-be-named Brit Roller 6 Blogs podcast. I'm Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. 6. And I'm Andy. A.k.a. Andy. Andy. (laughs) (laughs) How are you today, Andy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yes, I'm all right. I'm tired. It's been a busy weekend and a couple of days. My little lad had his fourth birthday just a few days ago. And that has been somewhat exhausting. He's had like five parties or something ridiculous like that. But otherwise, I am fighting fit and mad for it. Excellent. Podcast number two. Podcast number two, yeah. So we've got lots of exciting stuff to talk about in this episode. We've got the competition winner to announce. So listeners of, of our pilot episode will know we ran a competition to name the podcast. Uh, we've had lots of lovely suggestions coming in over the last two weeks. And we'll be picking and announcing a winner. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. We then have a, a lovely segment where we've had a conversation about attracting new players to our local gaming scenes. How we approach that and you've got you've got some interesting thoughts about some stuff you've got coming up and then we have a segment around a new uh, dice masters set a new intellectual property a little project that andy's been working on behind the scenes that we hope you'll all find very entertaining so lots of exciting stuff to cover off in the next hour or so have you been playing much andy this last few days i've had a few games of different things actually a game of dice masters from the just inclusive from the heroes and the half shell box set that was quite fun played with a mate who doesn't play a lot of dice masters so we um we just kind of split the the characters in half he had the villains i had the turtles and then just picked a team from the uh, restricted set there and um and played a game of that that was quite fun have played quite a few games of fantasy realms by WizKids, oh. uh, which um didn't well, they said it was really good at uh, worlds picked it up because it was, it was relatively cheap uh, and it's awesome it is a really really good game that's f- uh, fantasy realms yeah it's called fantasy realms it's like a i don't know if they plan to do expansions but it's like it's like a quick 20 minute game you put the uh, the deck in the middle of the table, draw cards and discard cards. And um, once you've got kind of 10 discarded, your points that add up with your hand, whoever's got the most points wins. Yeah, it's really good. We could talk about it more uh, maybe in a, a future episode. But yeah, it was it was a lot better than I thought it was. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, very um, good. Cool. And a few games of Game of Thrones, which we've just started oh, to get Second into. edition. And, yeah. No. Boo. Really? Yeah, mate. So I know obviously this is a Dice Masters podcast, but just to go on a, a, a patented Chris tangent for a second, I started playing Game of Thrones first edition very late in the game with a friend of mine. And I was just just financially and attitude stung by the discontinuation of the first edition and the movement to the second edition. It was painful, and I'm still uh, in the anger stage of my grief cycle. It's a good game. You should try it. Get over that that anger. I know, I know. I've I've got there's other guys that you know that I game with who have said this very same, but I, I I'm not ready. I'm not ready to move on. I'm still in anger. Anger. In my five stages. Yeah. Yeah. We did a, an interesting theme night, Dice Masters theme night down the FLGS the other night which was battle of the titans we did a teams made of five purchase cost and over nice how'd that go uh i didn't like it so much no no let's just say jinzo plus professor x equals big pain in the bum <laughs> <laughs> i had to censor myself briefly there <laughs> that was very close yeah it was close but i, I managed to hold back and keep it clean. So, yeah, I think if we do run another one, we will probably be banning Jinzo for an event of a similar nature. And I cut in, because we were discussing what team that you should do, and you saying that you're not a competitive player, my suggestions, and I'm trying to find them, consisted of anti-monitor, <laughs> yeah. and, and enemy of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your, that Lantern, was one of your Aquaman, It was. And yes. Batcave. Indeed. And you decided to go for Jinzo, Blue Eyes, and uh, PXG. <laughs> Which you also said you hated. Yeah. Yeah. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. You're more of a spike than you thought. Nah. That's possibly why I didn't like it so much. It, it could be. It could be. 
I don't know. But you know, that said, it's always great to get some games dice masters in. The the group that I play with, they're all they're all top lads. So you know, they can't all be winners. We do lots of great little theme nights, and we'll probably talk about different kind of variations uh, in segments in episodes to come. So yeah, they can't all be winners. Just didn't quite sit right with me compared to others that I've played. Plus, I was tired. I wasn't playing so good. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, moving on with the show then, and let's kick off by naming our competition winner. Okay then, Andy. So we've been looking over the comments and the messages that we've been sent in response to our Name the Podcast competition that we launched in our our pilot. Just to refresh our listeners' memories, do you want to walk people through what we did? Uh, Yeah, we couldn't think of a name at all for our uh, podcast, and all of our suggestions were terrible but we've thrown it out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah we've thrown it out to the listeners to name our podcast which could have gone horrifically badly but i was quite overwhelmed with all the uh, the suggestions let alone the the nice comments that people left loads and loads of suggestions really good ones uh, a lot better than the ones that we were throwing around and we had the uh, the hard task of picking a winner but we uh, we have done and Chris, tell us uh, tell us the rundown of, of the ones we've got. Yeah, thanks, Andy. So the shortlist, starting in at our fifth favourite choice, it was over to you. Ooh, right in the dice bag. <laughs> Swiftly coming in at number four, we liked Backchat. Then in at number three, Rolling for Lethal. Swiftly followed, our second place choice was Dice to Roll You to Roll You. Dice! However... There has to be a winner and hitting top spot coming in first place and now holding the prestigious award of naming our podcast. We have the Ministry of Dice by Michaela Kay. That's Michaela Cooper from the Reserve Pool, I I suspect. Let's give her a round of applause. Well done, Michaela. Well done, Michaela. We have uh, lots of great entries. Uh, loads of people just really cottoned on to clearly the fact that we are a UK-based Dice Masters blog, and there seems to be a lot of James Bondy related stuff in there. Clearly, very synonymous with with Britishness, I suppose. And uh, both of us being so cool. Uh, yeah, and suave and sophisticated yeah. and handsome and all, all the rest. Plus, we both have licenses to kill. So, yeah, we liked it for a number of reasons. Andy, your thoughts on the Ministry of Dice? Yeah, it's got, we can be called the MOD, which (laughs) is awesome. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, the MOD, very, you know, the Ministry of Defence connection there, obviously very British. I like the feeling it just had that lovely connection. We had a lot of ideas about what we could do with our little sidekick logo around that that we felt was pretty cool. We felt it kind of neatly connected in with some of the James Bondy stuff. Well done, Michaela. Thanks very much. That's a wonderful suggestion. And from here on in, we shall be known as the Ministry of Dice. Ministry of Dice. Yeah. In in some small amount of tacit acknowledgement to all those listeners who did send a James James Bond themed title we have attached a subtitle on there not one that was actually suggested <laughs> one that, but we threw it in anyway uh, so we are the Ministry of Dice on Her Majesty's rolling service beautiful beautiful it couldn't I could, we couldn't have wished for, for a better response so thank you so much everybody for getting involved Michaela if you can go to the contact us form on the blog and send me your details or track me down on Facebook and uh, let me know your address and such like I'll get the, the prizes out to you uh, and everyone keep an eye out for our new logo and our new information from the next episode so we've been thinking recently about attracting new players. Andy, you're currently on the cusp, hopefully, of a, a new scene sprouting in your local area and the store that I regularly play at. We're always interested in attracting new people to come along and play with us on our standing Tuesday night. So we thought we thought it might be nice to sit down and just share some of our thoughts about how we go about attracting new players and how we might proceed once, they, once we've kind of got them on the end of the hook. So Andy, get us out the gate there, please, my man. You, you're on the you're on the verge. You've, you've been telling me recently that there might be a new scene growing for you. What steps do you think you're going to be taking to bring on some new players? Yeah, really exciting uh, in Southampton. Hopefully, we'll be seeing an opening of a big kind of gaming hall, which will be catering for a lot of different games. And I'm hoping that Dice Masters will certainly be one of them. Thinking of starting a a kind of a group on a uh, on a weekday evening, so that we can start kind of playing some Dice Masters. The only problem we've got is that. At the moment, locally, I don't have any Dice Masters players, so certainly want to think of ways of kind of enticing people in. I'm hoping I'll be able to kind of run some 
starter events to kind of test kind of people out, see what they think of the game, uh, and and see if it can grow from there, and hopefully go on to some more competitive kind of OP games, entice people in with some uh, some nice shiny cards. Yeah, for sure. So um, certainly in the early days of the scene that I play in getting going, one of the most powerful tools we used for getting that initial interest in sort of generating foot through the door moment was uh, through Facebook, actually. And that was that was largely one of the spaces that we used. So my local store has their, has a Facebook page, which is quite heavily used by a number of gamers who play a number of different games at the uh, at the location. We just threw a few posts up there, started generating a little bit of interest and from a small control group that then grew from that, we were able to then sort of place ourselves in a position where we could then make the time and have the manpower to do demonstrations and start growing the player base. So I'd, I'd recommend to anyone in the first instance, social media is definitely a very powerful tool for, in the first instance, gauging interest. And then once you've got that kind of interest gauged, being able to grow it, agree things, you know like the little things like agreeing what night would be best to run this thing on you know did you kind of start a dice master specific facebook group kind of straight away or did you wait for it to kind of build a bit before you did that so uh, i'm trying to cast my memory back it's been a couple of years so i think i was on the lookout for stock i used to play with a friend we just played casually on the dining room table uh, and i was just looking for a place to go and buy some stock from I found them on Facebook and I noticed a post on their main page. And then I think it was, it was some months after we'd sort of built the community a little bit that we then set up a separate specific dice masters named Facebook page for the, for the store that was then the, the kind of breakaway area. And now subsequently, whenever new players over the years have uh, come into the game, we've just recommended to, you know, we've, we've, I've, I've friended them there and then off my phone, you know, in the store and then encouraged them to join the group or sent them a link, you know, to get it started. So I think initially it was the store's own page and we just used it as a kind of notice board area along with all the other gamers and their other games. And then as the small community, the, that small initial community grew, then kind of broke away into our own sub Facebook group that we set up. Nice. And then it's then it's a question of kind of uh, what you do once you kind of got them in through the door and you generated a bit of interest. So, uh, yeah, step one, I think getting that interest together, social media can be a very powerful tool. And that's what worked for us at my FLGS when we started getting people to come and play. Fantastic. So uh, question number two, then, Andy, is so you generate a bit of interest. Perhaps you take a few of the ideas around using social media. The store opens up. You're going to start demonstrating some games, but you need to kind of get that first initial community together. So these games you're going to demonstrate, what do you think your approach is going to look like there? Well, there's there's a, there's a few different tacks that you could take. I'm not really sure which way to go. The the rule book kind of set up, which I think kind of starts off with two cards. Let me find the page here. Two cards and three basic actions. The concern I've got with that, it doesn't really show the the overall kind of how the actual game is played with with obviously your eight characters and your two uh, two basic actions each so i think looking at what we'd want kind of what i'd want to do and, and kind of to, to bring people in and let them see the whole game would be to, to, to set up some pretty straightforward kind of full teams i think we're going to speak about that a bit later but set it up for them kind of have the number of dice on there uh, have the, uh, the the cards already chosen and kind of sit down and kind of work through a game you know how you buy dice kind of how you then go on to kind of attack step do you attack obviously you don't want to attack with everything who you keep on for defender i think that's the way i'm swaying at the moment have you um kind of had any uh, any kind of starter games that you've you've done that have worked well yeah so this is a question really of who your target audience is i've traditionally historically kind of uh, discovered is that we are attracting new players to our play group who are already bedded in gamers who are already patrons of the store that i play at and who are usually players of another game that has a similar or is in in the same kind of ballpark so a number of the players that i play with uh, for example have been role players they've been 
LCGers. They've been Magic players. There's a big 40k scene that we have some crossover with. A couple of the guys are 40k players as well. And so, in terms of that target audience, I've actually found that going, yeah, going full swing in with your 18, your 18 members, your two basic actions is actually probably the better way to go because they are more interested in engaging with the deeper t strategy of dice masters and they've they've also got a kind of head start because the experience of being a gamer helps you understand concepts like the win condition and resources or you know ramp and churn in the dice masters context very very quickly so I often find actually to to sit down with them with a full team that's that's built around a theme and as you say we'll talk about the teams I suppose in a second then go to the end of the game this is what you're trying to do this is the intent and the aim you know it's the 20 points of damage everyone has your start at 20 20 life and then sort of working backwards with them actually works quite well and then make connections to to mechanics that exist in uh, in a similar form in other games so i've referenced overcrush to magic players as oh what, well, what is it called in magic overcrush trample trample that's the one thank you very much yeah. magic knowledge i was I, I was in fact only the other day talking about the black bolt and medusa combo to a, a relatively new player in my scene and referenced it as the thicket basilisk lore <laughs> tactic and and he, <laughs> and he knew exactly what i meant exactly what i meant by that and poisonous i think is in hearthstone poisonous is the equivalent of deadly so yeah my, my target audience is is a is a, an established gaming community gamers who have other board games lcgs you know the uh, netrunner game of thrones 40kers there's a blood bowl scene who actually have got some of the core basic general cornerstones of gaming you know you need a resource to generate there's some sort of attack and blocking function yeah. going on you know i think if you're trying to attract players who are less experienced then perhaps yeah following the rule book through that kind of that that slow but steady build up of growing the team size might be a way to proceed but that's that's not how i've gone about doing it in the past yeah i mean i just kind of think about when i first played and and the first games that i did like i i read the rule book and in, in honesty i read it through and i didn't have a clue what it all meant it all seemed really complicated which i think a lot of games do playing it through with someone that knew how to play the game I mean, we played i think it was six cards and 15 life which i can't find it in the rule book but i think that's kind of the non-competitive kind of way of, of, of version that they, mm. they suggest doing it i mean it, it, it was great fun and i really enjoyed like the game we played quite a few like that and we bought a lot of kind of additional cards and dice and we set up different six-man teams i don't think that you know I, I would have preferred to kind of gone in with the, the full game so i think kind of that's how i would do it certainly kind of where we've we've exactly we've kind of experienced the competitive side of it and it's it, it's not the full game unless you've got kind of your, your full team yeah and i think yeah. um having an eight-man team the the strategic depth of dice masters really comes more to life doesn't it in, in that uh, and i suppose what that leads us on to then if, if that's the if if we believe that is the course of action especially with ex with more experienced gamers that actually a, a demonstration with a full team with some sort of uh, some parallel lines to other games they may have experienced before to help them pick it up quickly is the way to go then what it's really going to rely on is those teams that you use to deliver that demonstration and to illustrate the beauty yeah. of dice masters yeah the beauty of Dice Masters. Love it. Thanks, mate. <laughs> That's Thanks. right. I have a lovely turn of phrase. So, what teams? Yeah, what teams indeed. Well, uh, have you put any thought into that? I have. I've, well, I've done it once with someone to, to set up a start game. Uh, and I went with quite, quite a basic team for me, which was Elf Thief, Beholder, The Frontline, Imprisoned. I didn't really... <laughs> could you tell from my moment of silence there i was like what <laughs> i just didn't quite know where to go with that no, um, no i didn't do that because uh, that that would have been terrible it, just madness yeah <laughs> i think theme i think we, we discussed this before that the theme is a way of bringing people in as much as because as you kind of progress on and you, you start kind of mixing up the ips i think having a team that people can kind of relate to the, the characters uh, and have them work together in a way it is a really good way or i think would be a good way of getting people in uh, so it's the 
I set up two teams, which was basically one was themed around the Justice League. Because okay. uh, I think from the Justice League set, that that's one of the affiliations, although they're not particularly competitive, it has been set up in a way that they do work together quite well. So you've got the cheap Aquaman that you buy first, that makes uh, your, it's your, your next Justice League characters one cheaper. Yeah. Then you've got the Wonder Woman that makes it one less to field. Field, yeah. You've got uh, the Batman where if one is knocked out, you deal one damage. And one man's fielded, you get one life. Gain a life, yeah, that's retaliation. Yeah, so kind yeah. of those those three working together kind of show kind of a way of how the uh, the, the pieces work and how they can be interlinked and, uh, and and work together to kind of kind of build up your field and uh, and, and kind of work out your purchasing etc. Uh, and then some other bits I can't remember. I think the Superman, the one where you can't be uh, damaged when it's the attack phase that one's a powerful one to kind of put in there but there's ways around it and you kind of have on the opposite team which was an avengers so you had avengers versus justice league which brings in the kind of cross ip but to uh, to an extent anyway work quite well to kind of bring in some big characters but nothing too overpowered like i think the first rendition had i think green goliath in which <laughs> was obviously a bit a bit a bit op so, so that kind of came out for uh I think I went with one from the um, Age of Ultron. I think it was it was still a good one, the one you had to kind of build up to buy, and it was powerful. Can't remember which one it was though, but it was a good one. Sure. Yeah, so in brief, with, yeah, took Green Goliath and, and won repeatedly all night, and never saw him again. Uh, but kind of that kind of basic thinking of a couple of teams set around an idea. Uh, the, the Justice League one I think works really well. I think the Avengers one, the, the, you've got some. With with teamwork, where you can kind of you, you field a, yeah. a, a Black Widow, and then you can field the Hawkeye, and because it's teamwork, then it does one damage. It's got some bits in it, but I've, I always thought that the Justice League was one I'd like to see in kind of. And I think with a new set, there probably is. I don't need to have a look through because there are some new Justice League affiliations. Are there in, new ones in the the Batman set? Have I in, made that up? No, in the Batman set, and there was some Justice League in Green Arrow and the Flash as well. So, yeah. so there may be some opportunity. But I suppose uh, to introduce someone to the game, uh, that there's a couple of interesting points that that uh, what you're talking about there raises is when it comes to building the team, do you go golden or do you go modern to get them set up? I suppose that I suppose that depends on your play scene. We are very golden driven where I play. In fact, just kind of on uh, further to talking about getting new players started, single affiliation or theme nights are extremely popular with my play group. And therefore, we, we keep our, our card pool as wide as possible by playing Golden in order to do that. So people do turn up with Justice League teams at, at the single affiliation night, for example, on Golden, because they're actually quite enjoying the experience of having that Batman, having that Aquaman, having that Wonder Woman, but now integrating the new Katana into the team and seeing whether whether that can just bring something new or interesting, you know. Uh, as, as, a, as a momentary tangent so i'd be inclined to go golden the downside of that of course is, is if if something catches their eye you may be setting them up for a fail cards that would be difficult to obtain or that they may not get as much use out of now as they may have done when we first started out a couple of years ago uh, but something to consider definitely um, yeah. However, what I do like is this idea of you know building a team around a theme, perhaps focusing in on an affiliation. Because I think you're right. One of the attraction points of the game itself is is really you know if you like superhero movies or you're a comic book reader, then this is the game for you. How haven't you ever wondered how Captain America would fare against a, a dragon? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah, have. I... <laughs> so. Let's try it out. Let's see, you know. Yeah, the the DC versus Marvel kind of being able to do that was was definitely uh, a big attraction to the game where you could kind of set because usually everything's so for itemized out you don't get many kind of cross uh, kind of computer games or, or anything where you can do that. So that was quite exciting kind of seeing you know having like the Avengers versus Justice League and seeing kind of Superman stand up against Hulk and and a kind of imagining that in your head of them kind of slugging it out between each other is yeah i think that's kind of well that's definitely was a plus point for me yeah absolutely and so uh, i've done that myself i've done theme teams and driven it around that kind of what if 
sort of space or the DC versus or Marvel versus. More recently, I built a Turtles team out of the two Turtles box sets. That actually worked surprisingly well. I think there's something competitive in there. But it, it was, firstly, it was a great, because the individual I was playing with had an interest in those sets. They were familiar with the Turtles. They'd read the old uh, Eastman and Laird comic books when they were a teenager. So they just kind of had a, a passion and interest for him. But secondly, as you observe, just like with the Justice League, there's that an inbuilt synergy that obviously when they come to design those sets... They, they've 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 integrated into the into the game design. So you, your four core turtles supported by a Splinter, an April O'Neil, a Casey Jones, and I think I went with a Metalhead actually, just for a bit of a, a win con, hmm. just tied together really nicely. And the Bat Family, I've tried the Bat Family out, and that's that's uh, in fact again, uh, funnily enough, that's proven to be quite a competitive team. This was with an individual who had a he just had an interest in Batman, a love for Batman, built a little Batman team for him. It had that great synergy in amongst the Bat family affiliation. I've done it with Deadpool, you know. So yeah, I, I'm a big supporter, and I think that's that's a great way of getting people into the game. It's just chucking together a few kind of starter teams focused on a particular affiliation and just hitting them with that question: what, What's your favourite superhero movie? You know, or or um, haven't you ever wondered, as we say, how Captain America would fare against? Superman, let's find out with some dice, you know. And I definitely think that's a way to go. And that has been one of the attraction points that have brought the players in that I play with down at my local scene. That's good, yeah. Going back to what you said about when you're starting up to keep it open to uh, to Golden, it's funny because I was thinking the opposite of having it as a as predominantly kind of a modern event because of kind of the cards that are available if you were to kind of get a group that stepped into the more competitive side of things, having access more to the uh, the, the newer and, and I suppose legal cards. But yeah, it kind of makes sense that you know, if they've got kind of an old set or some cards from UXM or whatever that to actually play with them would be good. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, you'll have, it'd be one of those decisions if any of the listeners were saying, well, I'm making some notes here as to how they want to go about proceeding with attracting new players. It, it's what it, you, it's a judgment call to make. Uh, I'm in a scene there where if if somebody was desperate to get their hands on some particular cards from some older sets that exist in, outside of rotation between the current standing more tenured members of the playgroup we could probably get the stuff together for them uh, as a trade or even just to give them you know or at the very least a loaner if they text one of us and said can i borrow this for my team it would really put it together whereas i think you're right perhaps from a scene that is just growing from a standing start yeah rotation modern might be a better way to go because stock availability is better everybody's starting from a very even platform yeah you know you're not rocket i mean i did do it once i turned up to a single affiliation night and i put a, i put a joking post on facebook saying oh i've just come across an old team i used to play back in my avx days should i bring it do you want to try try your luck and they were all like yeah bring it along let's see how you get on let's see how you get on and and it was it was just disgusting mate it was just a you know it was serena <laughs> hulk it was just the most minging team I, although i think i was using something really random for ramp i can't remember what it was in any case you know i've done that before thankfully it was taken in the in the manner in which it was intended to to, to have a laugh and I, I kind of threw the challenge down to see if someone could beat my old uh, avx team there's, there's a risk there definitely that you have to consider if if you haven't got a player base that can give someone a helping hand give them a leg up with a few cards and dice from some earlier sets or if you can get can't get your hands on some old stock from somewhere you know and that's something to carefully consider do you guys have a kind of a ban list or is like a ban list evolved at all kind of as you've been uh, evolving as a group no, not formally. We've never done that. I mean, I know of stores locally and uh, there are people who I talk to, other volunteers around and about regularly, who I know have installed ban lists. So OG Games over in York, I know that they've got a ban list or, or, or some kind of setup that they've kind of built for the, for the game for themselves in their own store. Mm. I know that Patriot Games in Sheffield have done some stuff in the past. We've not at my local, which is Element Games in Stop. However, I suppose what I will say is that there's, there's kind of a bit of a gentleman's agreement ban list right. that, that exists where nobody's ever actually said, we're banning these cards, we're not playing them here, but you would get bantered to high heaven if you turned up with a bar team 
in a golden, <laughs> you know, in a golden event. So much so that, that, that the verbal assaults you'd receive would probably put you off ever using Bard ever again, you know. <laughs> yeah. So there is a bit of kind of, are you going to be that guy? Sort of an informal gentleman's agreement saying, don't be that guy. But we've never, we've never, we've never put one down. I will admit, some recently we've had some new players that we attracted. They are, uh, or one of them was specifically a big Deadpool fan, and that was his sort of his entry point. And uh, as I described before, I, I built him a Deadpool team that was, you know, just a kid pool, a dog pool, Deadpool himself, a lady Deadpool, a Bob Adrian, a Hydra, you know, just a, a Deadpool themed team for him to get his head round, and just to, to to help him in that interest area. Hmm. And uh, I did actually put a post out on Facebook to that to that group that I was uh, that Facebook group we have that I was describing before to say, okay, you know, we're noob training tonight. Just be mindful because one one of the things you really don't want to do is be that negative play experience. You know, that switches people off and scares them away. And I know you said it jokingly before about the green Goliath, but I have absolutely seen that happen. Yeah, I think I think that would that would kill kill us. Well kill any new kind of person wanting to kind of bother to come out for you just getting getting smashed in the face and there is in a lot of gaming groups that i've seen there's always that guy that would enjoy doing that which is which is a shame but less so much with dice masters which is why i think it stands out for, from other games is that there's people that i i can't think of, of meeting anyone who's got well other than maybe myself that's gone in with a with an overpowered team against kind of someone who's quite new I was thinking like for group does manage to happen here is is kind of set up. I think you don't need to bother about a band list when people are first starting because you know it, it's good for people to kind of try out new things and it's exciting like I, I remember when we first when I first worked out how to use Green Goliath and how it just how brutal it was and it was really exciting but you got it out and then it's like okay take some damage and then you do the whole kind of <laughs> and then everything's knocked out and I'm sure we, we're still to find those those cards with modern and, and I suppose things like Ultraman and the uh, the Hawk and Dove, uh, the two that's completely coming out of my brain at the moment. I can't think, but there's Vixen, Myron McCabe. That's the one. <laughs> you're Vixen, talking about Jessica the Jones uh, combo. That's right, yeah. Which I think you're right not to introduce new players to so that. That could be considered extremely overpowered and scare yeah. them away. Yeah. The cloak and dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah better watch out yeah uh, i'll tell you so funny story on that front we had uh, a couple of new players uh, in fact uh, i mentioned the role players that we attracted we attracted a few guys from the role play scene and their entry point was the D D sets <clears throat> that was their how we kind of attracted and enticed them over was look, look you know there's some D sets and there's some great cards in here so dragons one of, and elves yeah absolutely and they were all over that and they loved it and there was a guy who uh, is a regular player we, we, we've not seen him so much lately actually because he's been very poorly sadly get well soon yeah, absolutely. I hope he does because he's a lovely chap. But he, he he went away and he bought himself some Battle for Faerun. He bought himself some Faerun Under Siege, and he turned up with a bard team just out the blue, but completely unintentionally. If you know what I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like he'd gone away, done loads of internet research, and just net decked together a you know a bard team from from a WKO or something that you'd mm. seen online. It was an all-inset D&D bard team, and it was built around the bard and the unicorn, you know, the good unicorn that gives the power boost uh, mm. to the unicorn. And so in the playgroup, there was only probably a handful of us of the of the sort of the regular sort of 10, maybe myself and one or two others, who sort of knew that the bard was not a card you bring along. And he'd just sort of done it, like you say, because he'd sort of discovered a combo for himself and got a bit excited and built this really nice team around him. Yeah. And... It, in fact, it was a nice experience because he went and dominated. You know, we just did a three-round event, casual event, for one of the uh, kind of monthly OP sets, and he dominated. He, he walked it, and, you, you know, I suppose success breeds success off the back of that. And, you know, if he hadn't been poorly, he'd, he'd still be playing with us every Tuesday yeah. now kind of thing. So, yeah, funny story on that. It was just like, oh, oh, is that... Is that, uh, you know, as he puts his team out on the table? Is that, uh, all right, okay, well, I, I, I think you're going to do well tonight. You don't realise it, but you are going to do a lot better than you think you are. And just to top it all off, I seem to recall that he hadn't quite got his head around the game test right. I think he hadn't sort of realised how incredibly powerful the bard was. <laughs> so a fun night, yeah. But getting back on topic, yeah, it was. we've never done a ban list, but we've sort of had that gentleman's agreement. But I think that's an interesting point and one that people need to consider when they're trying to attract new players is around that, do you go golden, do you go modern? 
and and how do you sit with your power cards what's your how do you strike that fine balance there and definitely something people need to put a bit of thought into i would agree yeah but but ultimately yeah i think you know i've had a lot of success through the turtle sets people being interested in getting started with the turtle sets the two of them synergize really well in terms of a, a, a villains team and a turtles team that you can put together so yeah i'll tell you one other thing about the turtle set while while i'm mentioning them is that it proved to be a nice little inroad to quite a few of the sort of core game mechanics that you need to help people get their heads around you know and some of the Mm -hmm. the more fun team elements like unblockable with uh, metalhead or using uh, discounts you know like april o'neill providing the purchase cost discount and then that kind of that snowball effect with the turtles team as you as they get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and i think i'm pretty sure i put a basic the basic action on there in rage you know the one that gives two characters plus one and overcrush to teach them a bit about overcrush and to help them get their heads around that that, that kind of that core idea of you can deliver you can get your win through delivering combat damage and you can use these kind of tools to do that here like overcrushing or unblockable or you can deliver it through direct damage you know you can do that and i also use the rocksteady and bebop combo where if i recall correctly i have i've got it open in front of me but when you've got the two of them out together the bebop makes the rocksteady unblockable when he attacks or gives him overcrush so to just kind of help them really get their heads around some of those very core mechanics those nuts and bolts fundamentals around the games and i found that also with teams like x-men teams and justice league teams like life gain and retaliation you know direct damage strategies that have helped people kind of find their style with it and understand that actually you know if you are a bit of an aggro then uh, you know a bit of a spike then you can get in on that but if you actually if you like a lot of moving parts and having little control combos then and a bit of is it a johnny then yeah you can see sort of how a justice league team might tie together in that way and give you some fancy shenanigans you know or if you're a big old power player and you like the big nasty dragons and then you can bring that through so i think you know th- the themey side of it all and playing as we've described is nice for new players because it helps them get those fundamental nuts and bolts that teach them how to go about winning yeah yeah i was really happy to see polymorph come back into the turtle set yeah because that that is such a it's a good ability or a basic action because you like i remember first using it and you're, you're bringing in your big characters and then you have that time when someone buys it and then does something does it to yourself as opposed to kind of they do it to you as opposed to doing it to themselves you're like oh my god that that opens up a whole kind of new avenue of how this this card and this ability works and it it is something that i'd like you know it's it's really good to see back because i think it really teaches how you can mess with your opponent as well as benefit yourself with the the same ability i really like that card yeah and it's very popular so a lot of people do (laughs) yeah absolutely in fact there's quite a few uh, making a bit of a return isn't there um that are both a pleasure to see for more experienced players, but also great for for bringing new players into the game. Resurrection, for example, just so elegant and simple, really. You know, pay a shield, prep a die. And, yeah. and, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but actually this concept of prepping a die, I mean, we're even using the, the kind of dice master's jargon, aren't terminology around that. It's just a, a real fundamental kind of idea to get your head around the game. The fact that Resurrection, if you if you do go down the modern route and the fact that Resurrection's made a return, it's there and present for you to, to use, make use of, and open those avenues to you know, getting those more expensive cards in the way that it's you know, intended to help you with your game. So, uh, yeah, okay, great. We'll, we'll wrap it up there, but I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to this subject. I think the listeners hopefully will be interested to hear, Andy, if you can come back and tell us kind of how this burgeoning scene that you think you might be on on the verge of will be able to come together for you and to talk about the experiences of trying out some of these ideas that we've discussed today i'll certainly always be on the lookout for new players and we'll be happy to, to talk about kind of some of the different strategies and ideas that we try as well at my local gaming uh, gaming store but for now we'll conclude there andy i believe you've been working on a little project behind the scenes that's right chris something that came to me and it was uh, during the fan appreciation at worlds which i went to and it was during the hero clicks presentation and there was a lot of non-ip related characters that they're bringing into hero clicks so things like uh, mummies and zombies okay. so I, I wanted to kind of think how that could be brought through to dice masters so we could expand the different ips or the different genres of cards that we get through Okay, um, sounds interesting. Yeah, sure. Tell me more. Uh, I thought, what could we add to Dice Wars? And there's a lot of threads. There's, it's always a really popular threads in Facebook on what different IPs you want to see. And you hear the normal things like you know, Transformers, He-Man, things from yeah. the 80s. G.I. Joe. Exactly. But the, those things have got companies that you need to get agreements from. So I thought, well, what 
what could they do? What could WizKids do to, to do a new set which was different, but m- maybe easy to, uh, to to get hold of the different characters? And this okay. is this is what I've come up with. Right, right. And we'll, I'll see what you think. So it's it's historical figures, dice masters. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. The, the the pitch is so you can play with your favourite characters throughout time. Characters like Gandhi, <laughs> Mother Teresa, Attila the Hun, and Bono. Bono. So, so that's, 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 the, that's the tagline. Okay. Um, and um, I think it would work. I think you, you've got the, the thought of like, and obviously it all intermingles so you can get Mother Teresa up against Superman, uh, Batman. <laughs> Uh, really, kind of, kind of mix it in to the uh, to, to the games, and it, I think I think it would work. I like uh, it. I like it. I like what you've done there. I see where you're going. Yeah, I see where you're going. Have you put any thought into what the cards might be like or affiliations, anything like that? It's funny you should ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got quite a few, which 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 I can't mention. <laughs> we'll start off. So, so there's there's Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth. Okay. He's he's a six cost bolt. Right. He's got the king affiliation. <laughs> king okay. affiliation, okay. When active, <laughs> at the start of each turn, you can uh, you can spin him up uh, a level. But because over the course of his time, he gets fatter and fatter and, and, and less able, on his top level, you can't he can't attack. So it kind of links in with the fact that over time, he went from young and fit to, to, to fat and... and incapable. <laughs> incapable, yeah. yeah. He's also got uh, another ability, which is right. when fielded, you have to knock out uh, all characters with the Queen affiliation. <laughs> with the Queen affiliation. All he, characters, not not seven, is it seven wives? <laughs> no, no, I think I think well, it, they'd have to work out what different Queen affiliation characters they bring in. Like oh, Queen Victoria, that would be an amazing one. Queen Vic, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd have to have Lizzie in there, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. She'd, she'd be... Oh, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but she, she would be amazing. She'd be top-tier meta card. <laughs> top-tier, super <laughs> rare. The one everyone wants, yeah. yeah. Anne Boleyn. Uh, and, yeah, Anne of Cleves. All those... <laughs> oh, yeah. Anne of Cleves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, so that's that's the idea. That and it and it builds and grows. Obviously, like as time progresses, there's going to be more and more different characters that you can add to to historical figures, dice masters. Uh, different areas you can branch off to. I've I've gone as far as do some different ideas on sets. So okay. You can have American president set. Uh, okay, like it. Yeah. Yeah. Ideas, obviously, you've got JFK and sure. Obama, and yeah. uh, you could do uh, kind of Donald Trump, and I'd, I'd go at doing a Donald Trump card. So he's Donald Trump, subtext, you're fired. You're um, fired, he's, he's a 10 cost, shield, mask, fist, and bolt character. Uh, so you have to reach for him. But sure, worth sure, it. okay. So his, his ability is when fielded, you automatically lose the game. Right. But it's, o- but it's okay because you have to, you can take home all prize cards available at the event. <laughs> so that's, that's 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 a good card. So if you can get to the ten cost, you're then, fired. <laughs> then, then you're laughing. Um, what else have I got? I've got. Um, <laughs> are they, these would be expansions, would they? These are the the expansions. Or are you, do you envisage this as team packs or like turtle standalone style sets? I've just thrown out the ideas. I mean, WizKids can 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 do what they think is is best with them. Yeah, maybe like a starter pack, like a, for example, a dead celebrities starter pack. Okay. <laughs> which would, would clearly be a a good starting point. Sure. You could have you know, Elvis. Mm. What other dead celebrities are there? Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he's obviously internationally renowned. <laughs> um, Where did you pull Bob Monkhouse from? I don't know. Um, I mean, to be fair, you could have like two, with, with the amount of celebrities that died last year, you could have like the 2016 <laughs> kind of you set. Can have the, um, 
You can have the, 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 the 27 club as a team pack. Yeah. So that would include your Kurt Cobain, your James Dean. I'm just trying to think who's in the, who's in the 27 club. Kurt Cobain, James Dean, Amy Winehouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Limitless, limitless um, possibilities. So you can have a um, musician's affiliation. Yep. Yeah, like a, a musician. Oh, and here's one for you then. So, as you well know, Andy, I'm a big Beatles fan. You can have the four Beatles, and they can have the keyword Beatlemania, and it can work like Turtle Power, you know, just make make them get cheaper and cheaper or more and more powerful Spot if on. you get all four out. Yeah, perfect. I think there's endless possibilities with this idea. Endless possibilities with this idea. Yeah, uh, uh, so the last example card that I've got is, is Elvis. <laughs> He he ties in well, I think, with, with obviously the, the dead celebrities. Okay. He's a flip he's a flip card. On the one side you've got you've got young Elvis. Right. Okay. He's um I mean you could kind of do whatever stats you want, but say say he's, he's like a four cost bolt. Okay. He's got the um musician have musician affiliation. Sure. He's got keyword which is attraction, which is when he attacks, all characters must block him. That's what we've you know, we've got that on different cards at the moment. Yeah. And then and then you, if you want to flip him, then he's old Elvis. Right. So that's when he's fat and he's, yeah. he's, he's sat in the toilet. And he's got in his the... In his jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he's got the, the cheeseburger vomit breath weapon ability, uh, which works like a breath weapon, but it's just him vomiting cheeseburgers at people. <laughs> and, so that's the pitch. Where's kids? <laughs> If you uh, need to get hold of us. I th- yeah, yeah. I think they need to take note. You know where to find us. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a bottomless pit of of just pure gold that you've yeah, it... upon here. This really is. I, I'm sitting here. My mind is running amok with historical figures. Uh, I was thinking Al Capone. Oh, genius. Yeah. You can have whole gangsters. Like a, yeah, mafia gang- or prohibition kind of whole thing. John Dillinger, all that, all that stuff, you know. <laughs> Elliot Ness. Yeah, my mind is just running amok with all this stuff. Uh, you could go out into the Orient, your Genghis Khan. Yep. Yeah, uh, what's the Senzu? The art Sun of war. Tzu, yeah, the art of war. Yeah. You could have explorers, you know, Magellan. <laughs> yeah, Columbus. Yeah, Renaissance artists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My my um, uh, Michelangelo with his um, uh, swarm ability or something like that. <laughs> swarm ability, dead poets. That, <laughs> you know, that, that would, you remember your Byrons, your Keats, your Wordsworths. There's tons of opportunity within this. This is amazing, Andy. This, this is, is ground groundbreaking. Dice Masters, you heard it here first. And this could just be the thing to push it over into the mainstream, like really into the mainstream. We yeah, can. and it's, it's it's educational. Yeah, dice masters could be the next trivial pursuit as a result of this. Yeah, yeah, it, you can see it in every store. It'll, it'll be on the shelves of W. H. Smiths and Toys R Us. Dice masters, historical figures. That's incredible. Bill Clinton, subtitle: Did not inhale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, JFK flipped up head. Oh no. <laughs> No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, there we go, then. I mean, that's amazing, mate. Well, well, good good effort. Good effort. Thank you. I'm, I'm really rather impressed. So, when we were messaging and you said, oh, I've come up with a few ideas for a new IP, I was sat here thinking you were going to come along and talk me through what Transformers cards you wanted or something. <laughs> I actually prepped something. I I prepped a Danger Mouse set to talk about today, which I don't think I can bring up now. I can't follow that. That's amazing. Historical figures. That's incredible. Just this is. I'm just. I'm gonna go away and do some work on it myself. I think if if if, if you'll allow me. Yeah, I think so. I think we should do. Yeah, I think we should do some more. Uh, yeah. Well, in a few kind of months or so, we can revisit it. See what um uh, what what more. Dice Masters historical figures we can come up with, expand the brand and, and properly get WizKids involved. Saying that, if someone from WizKids is listening, which is, is doubtful, but if you are, get hold of us. Uh, we can work together with you to, to produce this and, and make it make it something special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh. ready, willing and able. Yeah, ready, willing and able. Uh, as long as the package is good, you know. Yeah, of course. Also, if anyone's listening who can think of some uh, some good ones, ones that will make us laugh, 
then you know let us know you know email us and uh, and uh, let us know what your ones are and we can uh, give them a shout out as well definitely <laughs> superb work my man superb work thank you i wouldn't expect anything less from the uk national dice masters champion 2017 thank you <laughs> love that i've got less than a year of that yeah it's Let's time is whittling down okay well yeah on to the next thing andy has left the building mic drop mic drop <laughs> <laughs> okay folks that's it for our episode this week so i've been chris the true mr six and I've been Andy, a.k.a. Andy. Thanks so very much for listening. Please feel free to go to the Contact Us form on the blog or drop something in the comment if there's any suggestions, comments, feedback that you'd like to share with us. And if there's any clubs or doors out there that's running any events and would like us to mention them, then drop us a line, let us know, and we can talk about it next time. Excellent. Thanks very much, folks. We'll be publishing our next episode in two weeks' time. See you later. Bye. That's why Mick Jagger is Mick Jagger. Rod Stewart. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Oh, I hate Rod Stewart. Uh, Maggie May is a pretty good tune. Yeah, but but have you seen him? Uh, well, yeah. Oh, I just don't like him. Okay. That's no, right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And he just crops up in Christmas and releases an album. Yeah, like, one of... Like, yeah. Michael Bublé, but bad. Doing it, uh, the weather outside. Yeah, okay. I'm going to put Rod Stewart in the yeah. outro now. No. If <laughs> you think I'm sexy, come on, baby, let me know. Do, 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 do. Come on. Oh, I'd say what's a good Rod Stewart soon was when he was with the faces. Um, Stay with me. That's awesome. I Am Sailing is a good song. Yeah. But Maggie May. It's better sang by other people. Okay. Well, fair enough. That's you're entitled to your opinion on Rod Stewart.